Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we recap the Denver Nuggets loss. Also, who won between Doug and I in our box score bromance battle beatdown. We love alliteration. And this. Well, don't let, hold on. Don't let me end my take on that because that's not what I mean. I don't mean that he shouldn't be nope, in the that's NBA. that's what you meant, and no, it's disrespectful. I mean that. You're Anthony Tolliver. I'm Trevion Graham. That's who I love. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH. And you can follow the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Hornets lose last night to the Denver Nuggets, 100 to 86. But it's okay because we don't evaluate this season based off wins and losses. Although, Doug, I know you've questioned it sometimes, right? We question, okay, if they lose, then it's not necessarily the L that we're disappointed with, but maybe how they lose. If they lose and it's a really good team, but they give some effort, okay, fine. Like We're at a point now where we care about that kind of thing. If you're a playoff contender, then no, an L is bad and wins are the only thing that matters. We're not in that situation here in Charlotte, but Doug, when you look at this specific loss, you actually do put a little bit of credence in this L because of the way that they lost it did not look too good to you, despite maybe a couple of good individual performances from some of the players. Yeah, and I'm not the only one. I mean, if, if anyone caught Coach James Borrego's postgame comments on this game, uh, he said that they did not come out with effort or urgency required to win an NBA game in that fourth quarter. He essentially said they, the Hornets were responsible for losing this game. And when you only score 86 points in today's NBA I think that's a, you know, it's not a stretch to to imagine that the Hornets were the reason that they lost this game. It wasn't some overwhelming performance by the Denver Nuggets, although their bench really came to play 52 points uh, from the bench, a lot of that from Michael Porter Jr. But yes, I agree with you. It's it's not about wins and losses this year, but it is about how they lose games because this is a team that despite already picking up 15 wins this season, they are learning really how to win. They're learning how to legitimately win in the NBA and preparing themselves for a day when this franchise actually starts to compete again. Because I don't think, you know, this, this franchise is under no illusion that they're a playoff team, I don't think. Uh, they, they look like they were about to stumble and bumble and back their way in. But we knew the schedule was going to get tougher and we knew they were going to start playing better teams and more equipped teams and healthier teams and that, they, that this would start to happen. And it's, it's how you lose. And, and in this one, they lost by poor effort, poor urgency, poor defense, sloppy defense, and, and just getting shellacked in that fourth quarter when they had an opportunity to win. That's what's most frustrating. They had for the, what, the seems like the fifth straight game out West, they had an opportunity to win this game in the fourth quarter and just, and just threw it away. Well, at the end of the third quarter, and I forget who tweeted at us. Maybe I can pull it up here quickly. But somebody put, you know, well, that escalated quickly. And it was within the final two minutes of the third quarter. It was actually something like a five-point game or so. They actually had a shot. And then 
by the middle of the fourth quarter, you could see the Hornets almost laying down and just allowing the Denver Nuggets to do whatever they wanted to. You look at them scoring 26 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, 17 wasn't a whole lot from Denver in the third, but it was because they... So 17 points scored by Denver in the third that allows you a chance to come back in this game. And then again, like I mentioned in the fourth quarter, it escalated quickly. Yeah, when when the 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 starters came back in about the middle of the second quarter and went on that 14 to 3 run, uh, led mostly by Will Barton, I thought the game was over. Like going into halftime, I was like, man, the Hornets just don't have it tonight. And then they went on a 21 to 6 run that was half the starting unit. And then when the bench came in, they still got a lift uh, from the bench. Uh, they got Bismack Biombo going, and then, uh, but so much of it was Terry Rozier. Just had a fantastic game. We'll get to him in a moment because uh, he uh, he picked up a W for me in our little fantasy challenge. Yeah, but uh, Rozier played fantastically in the third quarter. Almost played the entire frame, and uh, eleven points in that quarter. He was fantastic. And then twenty-one to six run. You get in the game. I mean, you're in it. And then he really blamed Borrego. Really blamed that fourth quarter group. So they didn't come out. With that urgency, I'm going to give you the fourth quarter group, Walker, and then I'm going to tell you what happened. Are you ready for this rapid breakdown of what went wrong in this game and why the Hornets lost? It's why I'm here. All right, the group was Devontae Graham. That's a little odd, starting Devontae Graham in the fourth quarter. You usually see him come in. There were a, lot, there were a couple of uh, rotation shakeups in this game real quick. The second quarter, all over the place in terms of the rotation, and that was because Michael Porter Jr. came off the bench and was just lighting them up. And so Borrego was scrambling to find some unit that could contain him and Jokic at the same time. And so you saw all kinds of substitutions. But then Graham in the fourth quarter, Bacon, Batum, Bridges, and Zeller. Weird lineup. I haven't seen it very much. And again, I think it's because of Michael Porter Jr. Batum was doing a good job guarding him late in the third quarter. It helped stem the tide a little bit for the Hornets. So he leaves Batum out there. All right. Start of the fourth quarter. Bridges begins with weak rim help that leads to a Dozier two. Bridges then misses on a tough contested take, one-on-one uh, -on -one inside, no, no ball movement, ball movement that had gotten them back in, in the game to begin with. Two plays later, Bridges with an egregious blown coverage on Will Barton. I mean, he was sleepwalking on defense. That leads to penetration and then a kickout three for Dozier. Dozier, South Carolina product, right? Uh, opportunity That's for the right. Hornets to draft him, didn't, and he lights him up. Uh, then Batum gets his own miss, pass inside to Graham for a layup. That's a good play. I thought Batum was, you know, despite scoring zero points, and I don't want to say despite, because I think he should have scored in this game. I, I mean, that seems like even a silly thing to say, but we all know the history. <laughs> if, like, if anyone's listening to this podcast for the first time, they're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, and he picked up a W for me in the last column because he puts up so many goose eggs. All right, so Zeller and Bridges then team, but I thought he had a decent game. Anyway, Zeller and Bridges team up to block uh, Michael Porter Jr. So you can see defense doing well, at least a little bit to guard Michael Porter Jr. Bridges, some good D to force a miss. Hornets, good ball movement to get Bacon an open look. They miss, long rebound. But here we go again, another egregious mistake. Graham, Zeller, and Bridges, they stare at the basketball as Dozier picks it up and takes it all the way for two. Now we're three minutes into the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden the Hornets are down 10 all the momentum that they had gained in that third quarter, wasted, gone. It was all in Denver's court now. Uh, Bridges takes a long three late in the shot clock, not even close. Poor decision by Bridges. I mean, I know there were only five seconds on the shot clock, but there had to be a better look than that. And then finally, they miss a defensive rebound on a Plumlee miss free throw. And it was really all she wrote from there. 19-3 to run for the Denver Nuggets at the beginning of that fourth quarter. And geez louise just throwing away a game i mean i gotta point the finger at that entire group but i mean the guy that stands out 
I hate to say it again because it feels like I'm picking yeah. on him, Walker, it but coming. it's Miles yeah. Bridges. Right. No, I knew it was coming. And by the way, shout out to Ben for tweeting at us. His at is updates on Ben. He tweeted at us. That escalated quickly. He shows a picture to the left. Nuggets up 74 to the Hornets, scoring 69 in the third quarter nice. with uh, one minute and 18 seconds left in the third quarter. Then the second picture shows Charlotte down 18, 96 to 78 with 238 left in the fourth. So only scoring nine points within that amount of time and allowing Denver to score uh, 22. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. That'll allow you to lose that game. Also, I want to uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the second segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We need to make sure that we refine the rules a little bit in our contest. So we'll make sure that we get all of that straightened out. Are you the type of go ahead, Doug? Oh, I was just so I was just going to say, Walker, I mean, if you liked our fantasy challenge that we did yesterday, maybe you like fantasy challenge. Maybe you like the real thing, right? Maybe you like, you know, uh, betting a little money on some of these games. If you're the type of fan that knows basketball so well that you could choose any game and call it. Well, let me tell you something. My bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash into your wallet. I love cash. Between football season, NBA, start of the college basketball season, which we're well into now, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to MyBookie.ag because nobody, and I mean nobody in the betting world, gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means if you deposit 2000 you get an extra $1,000 of free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate this offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to take advantage of this generous sign-up offer from our friends at MyBookie. When you support our sponsors, you support what we do here on the show, this free podcast that we put out for you every day. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Doug, we have a Woj bomb. We'll talk about it next on. on the second segment of the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm not a big fan of grape jelly. I kind of, I'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly. I'm not a fan of grape anything. Now, I like grapes, but I don't like grape flavoring. I think it goes back to the Robitussin that I had as a kid, and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to yeah, be back. Great to be back on the show. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Woj bomb. It's massive. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. As of six minutes ago, as of this time, I haven't even seen it yet. I haven't even seen it yet. You're you're breaking news to me right here on the show. Doug, Adrian Wojnarowski, Uh ESPN NBA reporting extraordinaire. Okay. Tweets out that Atlanta has traded guard Alan Crabb to Minnesota Uh for point guard Jeff Teague. Uh Uh-huh. And our boy, Trevion Graham. Whoa! Alan Crabb to that's Minnesota it? for Jeff Teague and Trevion Graham. Yeah, that's it. That's That didn't live up to the hype? Oh, man. That wasn't it? Honestly, I was, I was really hoping that you were going to say the Pistons instead of Minnesota. I thought the huge Woj bomb was going to be that Andre Drummond was on another <laughs> team and could not be on the Charlotte. Honestly, that's what I was anticipating. I didn't even think the Hornets were involved. I thought you were going to hit me with the good news that Andre Drummond was no longer available to be traded to the Charlotte Hornets. So now you can't sleep at night still. I, you thought you were going to be comforted tonight with the warm Devonte Graham blanket. And now you, have you hit to me with the, the Trevion Graham lead weight. 
I mean, Trevion you know, Graham. props to Trev. That's, I mean, he's look, he's staked a claim. I mean, I, you know, love Trevion and the way he plays and how hard he plays and on both ends of the floor. I mean, you know, good for him for staking out his claim. I mean, he shouldn't even be in the NBA, you know? Hey, uh, that's your, your, my, well, don't let, hold on. Don't let me hit my take on that because that's not what I mean. I don't mean that he shouldn't nope, be in the that's NBA. That's what you meant. And no, it's disrespectful. I mean that. You're Anthony Tolliver. I'm Trevion oh, Graham. That's who I love. That's your take. You don't like Trevion Graham, and it's really fine. There's really no reason to expound upon that. Let's break down the box score bromance battle beatdown recap. Uh, so <laughs> this whole segment, <laughs> you're so mad at me right now. I can see it in your uh, face. Disgusting. You're angry. You're seething at your Trevion Graham hate. It's not my fault. Pouring but I want to go to the box veins. score bromance, Doug. Uh, you won the winner, right? You tried to pick the best box score that we were going to see. Well, let's, can we, it, let's oh, explain the rules for people that didn't listen do. yesterday. You're, you're mad okay. at me. I'll give you the mic. You can, you can have the microphone, Doug. How do you want to explain the rules to everything? How do you want to break this all down? All right. So we've started this new fantasy basketball challenge and we've really made the rules up as we've gone along. We started this yesterday because I just wanted to, you know, add a little fun flavor to this thing. Maybe we'll get some of the listeners involved at some point once we really solidify the rules. But here's what, we've, well, here's what we have so far. It's called the Box Score Bromance Battle Beatdown because we love alliteration. The rules are that Walker and I... Is awesome. It is, actually. So the rules are Walker <laughs> and I participate in a two-round snake draft, and we're looking for one Hornets player we believe who will have the best box score line, and then the Hornets player we believe who will have the lowest box score line. And the, what we mean by box score line is... Points plus rebounds plus assist plus steals plus blocks minus turnovers. So it's sort of a PER-esque determination, not exactly, but of a player's impact on, on the game. So we're looking for good box score line, best box score line, and worst box score line among the players we choose. That's important. It doesn't have to be the very best. It just has to beat the other person's player. Point of clarification on the rules here. So our high player, we draft a high player and a low player, but we have to declare them the high player and the low player. Like I can't draft a high player and then it wins low player, right, Walker? Correct. Okay. So the then that means that the first person in the draft, the first pick, has to really declare at that point, all right, I'm taking the low player or the high player, right? I think so. I think that okay. makes the most sense. Okay. So, okay, I just wanted to get that ruling out of the way. Uh, and it almost, we almost had to fight about it because um, we'll give the results here. Yesterday, Walker, you thought Devontae would be the high player and Batum would be the low. I went Rozier for the high player and Zeller for the low. Here are the final scores. Devontae was 17 box score bromance battle beatdown points. Batum with 14. Rozier had 33, so I win the high score. And then Zeller had 15. He just or Batum, I guess, just edged out Zeller for the least impact in the box score among the players yeah, we chose. Um, just, just to note, the actual high box score score was Terry Rozier with 33. The low actually went to Marvin, who just... So we have a DQ, by the way. If your player that you choose doesn't play 10 minutes in a game, they play, they play less than 10 minutes, so 9.59 or less, they are disqualified. So you have to play 10 minutes. That's an arbitrary limit that I came up with. So Marvin just eclipsed that. He had 10.08 and didn't do very much in this game. Missed a lot of three-point <laughs> shots. He did not. No, he was bad. Look at that box score. He was bad. Oh, my God. 
I love Nick Batum's box score so much. I you can count on him for a goose egg, man. And that's exactly it was what close, I did. Though man, it was close. I know so it was had, really close because Batum. I said no points, and I'm not excusing that. I think he should have scored in this basketball <laughs> game. He's an NBA player. Like you should score, okay? But he had seven rebounds and seven assists. So that right. that was your 14 there. Zeller, on the other hand, who again, I'm sure he did all kinds of things that mattered but they didn't show up in the box score. He had 11 points, one steal, one assist, one rebound. That's, uh, and then one turnover. Two blocks. Oh, two blocks. I'm sorry. I was like, where, where'd it go? Did I win? No, I didn't. <laughs> nope, nope. No, he had, two he, blocks. he had 16 points and then minus one for the turnover. Oh my God. How about one rebound for Zeller? I mean, I, I thought about Zeller. In fact, I would have chosen Zeller had you not chosen him first. So I got lucky and there. He started but one rebound, 11 points, and you are the low man on the totem pole. And he started and he got more minutes than Biz, who I'm not, he's not wearing a mask. I mean, he got hit in the face and had to miss the Portland game. He's back for the Denver game, but he's playing off the bench, but it's not an injury where you really need to work a guy back in. I've got speculation. Well, I'll just say it. I mean, I think that if you look, they only they scored under 100 against Phoenix and Utah. I mean, they scored under 100 by under 90 in this game. But I think maybe Borrego was trying to get a little bit more offense in there with Zeller, and that failed. So maybe we well, see Biz again soon in the starting Okay, lineup. so they get, they get beat down on the bench. There's some alliteration for you. When you look at what Denver put up, they, they had P.J. Dozier go for 12. They had Plumlee go for 15. They had Porter Jr. go for 19. And then you look at the Hornets bench score. Uh, I mean, they had five from Hernan Gomez. They had four from Biombo, two from Martin, two from uh, two from Bacon. And then I love uh, how you say I love how you say Martin. Do what? I love how you say Martin. Say it. Martin. No, you didn't say it like that. When you said it the first time, when you were just in your groove, you were thinking about it there. When you were in your groove, you said Martin. I'm the man. MKG doesn't play in this game and Malik Monk doesn't play in this game. So that's the question, you're right? You're too young they, to know that. You're, you're way younger than me. I watched Martin when it was on the air. When it was Martin's legitimate. still on all over the place. Well, that's Martin fine, but I watched it when they Bra were Man? airing new episodes on Fox. Oh, you got to love Bra Man. I mean, he, Bra Man is one of the best characters in sitcom all history. Right, go, go on. Anyways, Malik Monk doesn't play in this game, Doug, and they get outscored badly yeah. on the bench. And it's like, Okay, you know, if you want to put some scoring out there, I, look, we, we all know how I feel about Malik Monk, but if you're not going to put, if, if you want to try to score off the bench, then Malik Monk's going to be your guy here. I haven't mentioned this yet, but I'll mention it now because I've been thinking about it over the past couple of days. I tried to work it into yesterday's show, but I don't know if you noticed this, Walker, but when we were talking to Rick Bedell, I asked a question about how some of, the, I grouped a bunch of guys together, a bunch of young guys, and I said, mm -hmm. Graham, Washington, Bacon, Monk. I said, even Malik Monk. And, I, and my question to Rick was, do you think that some of the attitudes, uh, maturity, whatever you want to call it, the, just the, the good vibes from some of these young players and the, and the way they approach the game has helped James Borrego make this transition to youth and away from the veteran leadership? And Rick was very quick in the very beginning part of his question to say, well, I wouldn't say... I can't remember exactly how I phrased it, and I don't want to misquote him, but he essentially, I'll paraphrase as best I can, he said, I wouldn't group all of those players together. You know, he was kind of, he was, he was going away from the, the, uh, the group of players that I put together. And now I'm starting to wonder, wait a minute, which one would he say? And 
you know, I mean, you look, Malik Monk didn't play in this game, and he hasn't mm, been shooting. Got the magnifying glass on, highly speculatory. I said, no, I'm not saying that that's who he was talking about. I'm saying that's who I'm talking about now because we we've gone through this with Monk. He yeah. he shot 18 times in that game against Memphis uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he got criticized for it by Borrego. At least I speculated that that was the person. Then his his shooting numbers in terms of attempts go way down, and now he's out of the rotation. So something is going on. I mean, something's going well, on, Walker. I mean, it was after that, right? Remember, we called him out for it. I mean, we talked about it. I mean, it was obviously, obviously something was wrong with Malik Monk. And then so we talk about all of those shot attempts that he put up. And then you look at the Toronto game, the overtime loss. He has seven assists. And that was 24 minutes. The very next game against Utah, he has 13 minutes. So it essentially gets cut in half. Seven minutes against Phoenix. Eight minutes against Portland. Zero last night. Trending, I mean, even with the game and seven assists, right? So to your point, you were discussing how he wasn't getting guys involved rather than trying to ball hog, essentially, right? There wasn't a whole lot of passes from Malik Monk in that game that you're referencing. Then he comes out and he has seven assists and he does so at a really high level. And then he just continues to dwindle down in playing time. You know, so Malik Monk doesn't play in this game. They score 86 points. I wonder if that's something that uh, if, if that's something Borrego looks to change in the next game. Well, I'll tell you one thing: stay away from him in the box score bromance battle beatdown because he is a he's a DQ waiting to happen. I'm gonna he's nuclear right now. I'm not I'm not gonna no, pick him. <laughs> but I tell you, I'm one, we're one and one right now. I think it's a good start. We got a lot of games left for you and I to position ourselves to win the ultimate prize, which we haven't figured out what that ultimate prize will be. But uh, maybe a trophy, uh, maybe a nice sweatshirt. Although at the end of this, I guess it's April. Well, that means sweatshirts will be a little bit cheaper. So that actually could be a decent gift. All right, I'll keep thinking about it. Yeah, I like the idea. I like all of those ideas. We talked about Dan Favalli's midseason grade for the Hornets yesterday. He made some points about how maybe we shouldn't get too excited for this quote unquote turnaround or unexpected start for the Hornets. Well, this team might actually be pretty bad. We'll talk about it next in the last segment of the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares Batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. It's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Be wary of overvaluing the Charlotte Hornets' first half performance. Their proximity to the playoff picture says more about the Eastern Conference than the Cinderella run that isn't. Charlotte is 26th in net rating against one of the league's 10 easiest schedules that isn't exactly worth throwing confetti over. Doug, we mentioned that very paragraph yesterday. Yeah, what do you throw confetti over? I mean, I don't know who throws confetti. We're not throwing confetti over this performance. We're certainly not doing it anymore after what the Hornets have done really the last, what, seven games? What's their losing streak up to right now? It's at it's six right now, 12 of their last 14. They, they have two <laughs> six-game losing streaks uh, that sandwich the win over Cleveland and then the win over Dallas. And I believe that did move them down two spots in the Eastern Conference standing. Yeah, they're This 11th. losing streak that they've been on. So when you look at the Charlotte Hornets, Doug, we try look at to I warn dare you. everybody. Look, look at them right now. <laughs> we tried to warn everybody about the second half collapse that was going to come from the Charlotte Hornets. 
Did we warn people enough? Did you think they were going to be this bad? Even they beat the Dallas Mavericks and we thought, okay, hey, we are actually going to continue this a little bit longer. Uh, Did we warn people enough or are the Hornets even worse than we thought? No, I think they're exactly as bad as I thought they were going to be. I thought um, they surprised me at first by picking up some wins that they had no business winning because of hot three-point shooting. They had just enough defense and hustle and energy that you kind of expect at the beginning of a season that's fueled mostly by youthful energy. And they got a couple of breaks to go their way and some hot shooting from Devontae Graham that helped them win some close games. So that was a surprise. But what wasn't a surprise to anyone that listens to this show is that the schedule was a little easy to start, although they had a tough uh, road trip to LA at the very beginning. But overall, that first slate in October, November was pretty easy. And then it got progressively tougher as we entered uh, late December and into January. And that's exact. And they haven't uh, been able to beat these good teams. And what's surprising right now is that they're not even competing against some of these good teams. That's the troubling part. But I thought they would lose these games. And that's really, that's going to be healthy long-term for this franchise, right? I mean, you want them to lose some of these games secretly in the depths of your heart so that you can move forward as a franchise and improve your draft stock. Four days off for the Hornets before they play the Magic back at the Spectrum Center on Monday. So you look at the Magic, by the way, they came up with a big win against the L.A. Lakers in L.A. thanks to Markel Fultz, triple-double. So that might be somebody worth watching at the Spectrum Center. (laughs) Markel Fultz. We thought that Markel Fultz might undergo quite a bit of improvement with Steve Clifford, right? Yeah, Steve Clifford, you know, having that coaching staff, I believe Bruce Kreitzer is down there, even though Markel Fultz shooting hasn't gone way up. I believe he's shooting something like 27% from three. I believe it's Hell, Kretzer. I mean, that, yeah, is it Kretzer? Kreutzer? Krautzer. Turkoglu? The coaching staff we know has done a good job with point guards in the past, and we know that they were able to improve Kimba on of course, top of the hard work from Kimba Walker himself. But it, it does look pretty cool. It, it does seem pretty cool to see that Markel Fultz is coming back. He's not playing like the number one overall pick that we all thought he'd be. But I am happy for Markel Fultz putting up that kind of stat line and a big win against the Lakers. Well, I'm happy that the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff race is solidifying a little bit. And, and it's going to, you know, I hope that the Eastern Conference locks the door on the Charlotte Hornets, that the Nets start to improve with Kyrie, even though he's out in the press right now saying they need more players. It's like, dude, you got you got Kevin Durant. Maybe just wait one year. Maybe just wait one, you know, you got a half a season left. Maybe just shut up and go and play basketball, finish the season out, and then get ready to contend for the championship. I mean, you got you got this beautiful, beautiful man waiting on you to, uh, to, to go and win a championship, so just deal with it. Anyway, I hope they get better. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> He's a be- he is! Kevin Durant, come on! Um, beautiful. And then you have Orlando that seems like, you know, if they can get Markel Fultz going, their problem has all been offensively. I mean, defensively, they're a beast. Like, they're, they're really tough to score against, which makes sense. Steve Clifford always going to have teams, at least for the first four years, playing defense. And, you know, they, they've got to figure out ways to score. So if Markel can help them do that, then all of a sudden they can, they can solidify that seventh or sixth seed in the East so that's I, I just want them to play better so that they lock the door on the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, maybe that's a bad thing to say. I don't know. But um, I'm, I'm just ready for the Hornets to improve in small ways and look towards the future. 
Right. Well, and, and continue to lose, improve, but also lose, lose the right now. way. There's a right way. I don't know if you know this. There's a right way to lose and there's a wrong way to lose. And I know so purists, purists out there will say, oh, no, you, you know what? There's never a right way to lose. You win or you lose. Well, if, you know what? You're not living in reality, buddy. Sometimes you got to take the L and it's how you take the L. One more question uh, for you before we end today. Chicago, okay. Detroit. They're now above the Charlotte Hornets in the standings. They're both at 15 and 27. The Hornets, because they've played mm-hmm. more games, are below them at 15 and 29. Mm-hmm. Wizards at 13 and 27. Cavaliers at 12 and 29. Knicks at 11 and 30. Hawks at 9 and 32. Do you think the Hornets probably stick around right where they are? Do you think that they could be worse than the Wizards, better than the Pistons? What do you think about the Hornets and their at least placement right now in the standings? Well, the Pistons are weird, right? Because you have the Blake Griffin injury and the surgery. So they could With the drum and trade possibly and the, coming. As well. Yeah. I mean, they might start just ripping off all the, you know, just stripping it down for parts. So Detroit could definitely get worse. Uh, but but yeah, you have to remember like Chicago's trying to win. <laughs> it may not look like it, but they're yeah. trying to win. So I think, yeah, I think if the Hornets settle in around 11, 12 in the East, I would feel comfortable with that. Uh, to, to me that says, okay, They've gotten some surprise performances, but ultimately don't have enough talent to compete with good teams. You're 11th and 12th in the East. Yeah, I don't want I don't want them to be dead last, and I don't want them to be New York. I mean, that to me is New York, and then the Wizards too. I think the Wizards are playing in a way that's like that's. You're, I don't think that the Wizards are preparing themselves to win basketball games in the future. They're just doing this like they're biding time essentially for to clear some of the 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 decks for Beal. Um, so yeah, hopefully they maybe the Wizards go on a run in the second half and they 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 eclipse them and that puts them at twelfth. I think that's probably best case scenario for the Hornets. Yeah, real quickly, a news update for the Hornets that came through yesterday. Uh, not quite as big as the Woj bomb that we just mentioned. Well, I mean, Hornets- how could it, how could it compete with that Woj bomb? I mean, a nuclear bomb. I mean, you know, geez. It, it included Trevion Graham. Hello, not messing with that. I mean, the explosive. Signed- forward Ray Spalding to a two-way contract. Uh, Spalding originally was drafted with the 56th overall selection in the 2018 NBA draft by the 76ers. He went to Louisville. You remember him with a couple of those uh, um, in a couple of those games that you watched in the ACC just really a year ago. Uh, He's been in the G League for quite a while since he was drafted. Um, I don't know if he ever got any NBA time trying to look for it. So there was 14 NBA appearances combined between Dallas and Phoenix as a rookie, averaging 3.9 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, and just 10.5 minutes per game of those 14 appearances. So there's Ray Spalding. Not quite the Trevion Graham news that we let you know about, but still pretty significant for the Hornets. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to dig into this tomorrow for sure because I think it's, it's it's interesting. I think it might say some things about how this Hornets team is developing towards the future. Anytime a developing team does anything in the G League, I think it's important. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.